All right, folks, we are live. Welcome to the Football Outsiders live stream for June 2nd, 2022. I am Aaron Schatz, Editor-in-Chief of Football Outsiders, joined as always by Mike Tanier and today joined by Derek Klassen for another show in our series on position tiers. We're also going to get to talking about some of Derek's year two breakout guys near the end of the show. But first, we just want to say a so long to our sweet, sweet prince, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who apparently announced his retirement today with a text to a bunch of his ex-teammates thanking them for for his career. Uh, Started at least three games in each of the last 13 seasons. Uh, one of the greatest journeyman quarterbacks who has ever journeyed from team to team. <laughs> He's a Hall of Famer in in his own weird way. <laughs> in that, if they, if they section off a weird part of the Hall of Fame, like a weird back corner for journeyman, I mean, he's the guy. <laughs> He'll be back there with we're talking with Vinny Testaverde and mm-hmm. Kerry Collins and Steve DeBerg, the the Hall of Journeyman quarterbacks. Yeah, um, he's he's had quite a career. I mean, for a seventh-round pick, that's pretty awesome. Where does Ryan Fitzpatrick fit in the tier list? Doesn't fit anywhere because it's going to be a running back tier. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for the tier list today, the categories are a little different than we did last week for wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, you'll notice when we put it on the screen that there are a lot of C categories because of the fact that running backs tend to group around average. I mean, because they're all they're all good athletes. They're all pretty good. Like, there's a lot of them that are pretty good. So every a lot of teams are just kind of a C. So we're going to do the same thing we did last, year, uh, last week, which is we're going to start in the middle. Mike's going to give his tiers. Derek and I will do a little commentary on when we think teams should move up and down. And we're going to start with the C – and go down, and then we'll go back up and do the best teams. Yes. And C stands for committee. Because when I was putting teams in Cs, I was trying to put just the committees together. And then you get a C plus or a C minus if I think it's a good committee. Eh, committee. Uh, but we're going to start the C committee in honor of today, June 2nd, which is two a day. Not to be confused with two a days, because all the Dolphins uh, Twitter is a Twitter with the fact that Tua Tug of Viola completed a deep pass to that. Uh, so starting out, starting uh, I'll just out, point out Chad Pennington used to complete two or three of them every year. So it is possible. And Ryan Fitz completed a few in his day as well. Yes. We're going to start with the Miami Dolphins who have a brand new committee full of running backs. They acquired uh, this off season whose names escape me right now. Cause I've got a lot of names struggled in my head, but we're going to start with the Dolphins as the first of our C teams. Chase Edmonds. Okay. Raheem Mostert. Yeah. And Sony Michelle. Oh, God. Plus Miles Gaskin, who's still there from last year. Yeah. So excitingly average. A lot of quantity. Okay. Quality. I at least can appreciate that they're all have very different qualities, right? Like Edmonds can be a little bit more of a space and catch guy. Sony Michelle is obviously more of like a. We just need somebody to eat first and 10 carries. Um, and then Raheem Mostert is like more of just a, if you can get him going in a straight line, he's going to just, he's gone. He, he's so I, I, at least I'm not necessarily that high on any of them. Even like Chase Edmonds, I think last year really benefited from the way they used James Connor to be like the, the main workhorse in Arizona. So 
I at least appreciate that they can all do different things. I'm just not sure any of them are that great, which I mean, is probably fitting if you're a C tier team. Yeah. I'll put another C tier team out there. The New York Jets, a committee featuring Michael Carter, who looked pretty, looked pretty good last year and now featuring rookie Brees Hall. Yeah. Who, I mean, we, you know, had a great, great backcast projection, but until we see him do it in the NFL, I see works for me. That's kind of all it is, right? Is is like, I think if Hall is as good as he's projected to be, or at least as good as I think he could be, this is like a C plus, maybe even like B team, because I actually really high on Michael Carter too. But mm-hmm. again, like you don't know exactly how these guys are going to look. Um, so I, I don't know. It, you're basically going off of Michael Carter and like whatever carries you think Tevin Coleman might get, which is meaningless. Yeah. And that's the thing. We can move these around as they come along, but it is tricky when you're talking about the potential of mm-hmm. a rookie and a guy who, was in a committee with a bad offensive line, a bad offense last year. Up next for the most committee-like of the committees, the Seattle Seahawks and their 73-piece drum corps of mid-round running backs that they have acquired over the years and decades. Well, higher than mid-round. I mean, they used a freaking first on Rashad Penny and a second on Kenneth Walker. They just play like they're mid-round. Yeah, Penny is a mid-rounder in my mind. And uh, I, I like Walker a lot. Um, I know Chris Carson, I believe his career is over. I think he's still on the roster technically. Right. I might up this if we thought Carson was going to play again. But, I, I mean, I know we're not projecting Carson to play this year in the Kubiak projections. Right. Who else is – is Kristen Michael still on that roster? I've even lost track of some of these guys. <laughs> Travis Homer. I feel like every now and then he is. <laughs> Travis Homer and DJ Dallas. I think those guys are just pass protectors, really. Like yeah. that – Carroll is just, like, obsessed with that. So he has to keep enough of those guys on the roster. Um, I think it's probably fine with me because, like, I, I think Penny is actually kind of good. It's just that he's never healthy enough to like be good for a long time. Right. So you, it's that's kind of tough to project. And then again, they have a rookie like Brees Hall. Um, they have obviously Kenneth Walker. So it's just they're just a weird group to project. Joey Stuck says Seattle looks like a committee now, but just wait until week two when there's just one healthy running back at a time. <laughs> probably. <laughs> And a reminder, by the way, of course, that if you're watching on YouTube or Twitch, please comment and ask questions in the commentary discussion. We love to hear from you during the show. If you're listening afterwards on the Football Outsiders Podcast Network, you should be listening live 1 p.m. on Thursday. So you can comment on these tiers as we build them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there is a couple a couple of these are about potential. Like the Jets were about potential to a degree. The Seahawks are about the potential. Jacksonville Jaguars make the seed, seed tier based on the potential when you get Travis Etienne back and you've got Robinson there who has played well in the past. Um, But that's it. It's potentially a decent committee. And it's just a health issue. I think, I mean, Etienne's obviously coming off of missing the entire season. And then even, um, you know, James Robinson is coming off of not having finished the year healthy. So I think they're both good players if they can play and they're both is super complimentary of each other. Etienne's obviously like a space guy, really good um, catching the ball, really good. He's fast. Robinson more of a thumper, but like you just don't know what these guys are going to look like until they play again. Speaking of health issues, the Baltimore Ravens count as a C to me. And this might be a little high right now, but you have the full group of J.K. Robbins, who I think we've seen as a talented back. Gus Edwards. Um, they brought in Mike Davis, who was this weird Falcons binky guy. I know you guys might be higher on him than I am. I mean, he was good with the Panthers two years ago, and then he was lousy with the Falcons last year. I mean, I felt like he was good for like four games 
like had four hot games and then was he's like, probably better than Latavius Murray at this point. You know, <laughs> if guys get injured again or can't come back, but he's not. I mean, they want to give that work to Dobbins and Edwards. They want Dobbins and Edwards to be healthy and be the guys. Yeah. And they got Tyler Batty in there, who I kind of liked in the draft. They had Justice Hill, I liked a couple of years ago coming out. He's always hurt. And I threw Patrick Ricard. Remember, they've got a fullback they used a lot in there. So I don't know if you guys think higher or lower. All the injuries and all the, yeah, kind of, sort of, he was good for half a year just meant C for me. I almost might be inclined for C plus because of Ricard actually, (laughs) just because he's one of the better fullbacks in the league and they can kind of do a lot of stuff with him. And I think he's a perfect fit for all the, you know, some of the pistol stuff that they do with like moving around H backs and and fullbacks and stuff. So if anything, that's actually oddly like the kicker that I would maybe put them up to C plus, but I'm also not going to argue that harshly for a fullback to be. Yeah. I think (laughs) if, if they were, um, if we if we knew definitely that Dobbins and Edwards were healthy and yeah. doing what they did two years ago, then definitely I would put them higher. But I, I think we just don't know at this point. Although, I mean, there are other injured guys that I might stand for. So you know, maybe. But they also uh, some of the other injured guys also have like a longer track record. Like Dobbins doesn't have that long of a track record, and right. even Edwards right. is like not that impressive. So. And there's a lot of carries in that offense where you know Lamar Jackson is, you know faking off the edge and taking the linebackers with him to a degree. So it's hard to tell. Like you look at Justice Hill's numbers and like, like these six carry for 55 yard games. And it's like, well, what, what, what were these carries? You know, <laughs> you know, was it wasn't pretty much a draw play every time he got the ball. Also in the C tier and this one, I might think I put them too high. Arizona Cardinals, James Connor, Daryl Williams, Eno Benjamin, Yes, they were shockingly good last year. Like these guys, I mean, Daryl Williams, yes, he was really good because he was in Kansas City. But there were other guys who were with powerful offenses who didn't have numbers as good as Daryl Williams as a receiver. And and Connor, his whatever 3.8 yards per carry or whatever it was, is sort of, you know, uh, altered by the fact that he had a lot of short yardage carries. So he didn't, you know... If you're carrying it from the two, you can't go five yards. You can only go two. Um, and they he had a good amount of value last year. So I'm not going to argue to make them higher, but um, but C seems about like – I don't think they should be lower than those. Okay. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I, I might move them higher because I do think Connor is really good. And I think to your point, some of why he was – in some ways less efficient than like Chase Edmonds is to your point. He's the guy who's taking all the, the carries that suck to take. Um, right. He's re- he's a, he's really good at that. I mean, he scored a lot of touchdowns. He was really good inside the red zone, short yardage and stuff. It's just that, you know, um, it, it kind of depends on what, like how, how closely can Williams like be what Edmonds was for them last year? Because I think Edmonds is probably a better player. I mean, Williams is still good, but I think like they're probably slightly downgrading. So it's hard to move them up a tier if that makes sense. Right. Joey Sucks mentions Edmonds was 10th in success rate last year. He was very high in DR and it really was. Here's a high percentage carry and it went to Edmonds and now here's grunt work and it went to Connor a, a lot yep. of times. <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. Which got Connor a lot of fantasy value because of yes. touchdowns, but yeah. Right. Joey Sucks also asks, are the teams in tiers ordered from left to right again? Yes. I mean, tier maker is the absolute limit of my technological skill. <laughs> so I just kind of throw them in there. I would think of every team in a tier as basically being equal. That's, exactly. that's why you do tiers. Yeah. 
Exactly. It's it's tears. It's when they popped into my head or where they were on the little thing when I was moving them around with my mouse. Speaking of which, we have the New England Patriots coming up the rear here with their long list of committee backs. Yeah. I'm going to be, you're going to say that I'm a homer on this. Never. I never accuse you of that. <laughs> um, I'm not happy to be arguing for the Patriots running backs. I would much rather have JC Jackson on the Patriots than argue whether <laughs> the Patriots should be a C with running back. But I do think with James White back, and given how good Harrison Stevenson were last year with a rookie quarterback, so that, you know, they were going up against defenses that were clearly playing the run, I would put the Patriots a little higher. I'm not happy about that. I'd rather have them be higher in another position than running back. <laughs> but I do think that that's, that's where they've decided to put their cards. So I, I think I kind of agree, though, because I think both Harris and Stevenson can be like, you know, 20 carry type of backs, just in terms of like they are able to withstand that workload and they're good. They're good carriers of the ball. Um, and then getting James White back is huge. And then if you get literally any value out of Pierre Strong, I think they're for sure a C plus group, um, if not better. So I, I think I kind of agree with moving them up. Would you say let's keep them in C plus, or would you even argue for B? Looking at some of uh, how much credit do you think the offensive line of the the, the Patriots? Well, have? a lot of credit. Yeah, that's probably definitely why some. But also to Aaron's point, like teams were playing the run because they, you know, the the Patriots weren't going to blow the top off of anybody. So I, I think I think that probably like counterbalances itself. To me, they're probably better than a couple of the B teams, but not necessarily enough of them to where like I feel super strongly about moving them there. So definitely C plus, maybe B if we talk through some of the more B teams. Yeah, we'll leave them at C plus for now. Yeah, and Hitch Hikers says they don't have a Kamara. Saints probably don't have a Kamara too, but we'll. <laughs> That's a different problem. <laughs> we'll get there. And another team I was just tricky to play, so I stuck them in C because I figure they don't have very many fans. So who cares? The Detroit Lions. I happen to like DeAndre Swift, and I think we all like Jamal Williams as sort of like like the, the leadership guy and the, the, the great interview guy and things like that. But it was hard to tell. The one thing that team could do really well was run the ball between the tackles, and I didn't know how much that was the running back, the scheme, the fact that opponents were like, yeah, go run the ball. We're going to win anyway, or, you know, or, or where to place that running back core. I think yeah, I'm fine with yeah, I agree. I mean, especially like DeAndre Swift is good, but he's never been healthy. And also, I just don't think he's ever going to be a lead back. That's why they have Jamal Williams there. Yeah. Um, I will say I do like Jamar Jefferson as a third back. Yeah, I think he's really good, but that's obviously not going to move the needle here. All right. We so do have a Lions fan watching, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry, True Mac. I will never make fun of the Lions. Not until the end of the stream. Oh, don't you're, lie like that. Mike. There's good stuff coming for the Lions, but not. Not for running back. <laughs> There's good stuff coming for the Lions. There's All right. C minus. Let's go down from C. C minus. C minus. I'm going to start with the Los Angeles Rams, who, if you talk about guys who are never healthy, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, both of whom look great in like spurts on, a, you know, but they're never healthy. I don't see a lot of reliability from either of them. And they're in an offense where a running back should be successful. And a lot of times the, the success turns into, oh, look, 10 carries for 47 yards. Like you, if, if you're really good in this offense, you should be doing more than that. I think if you told me both guys would be healthy for 17 games, I think yeah. this is a B group. However, <laughs> we have never seen either of them do that. And I, I, I worry that they're not going to be able to do that again. So 
Um, if they do, great. That would obviously be a huge boon for Rams for this Rams team, especially because they're probably going to regress in some areas. That's just how it goes. Um, but yeah, just these guys are not going to be healthy enough, and they haven't been to this point, so it's just tough. Right. Also in the C minuses, we have the Houston Texans with the scourge of the Chargers, Rex Burkhead, still in the NFL, along with Marlon Mack, who was this Indianapolis Colts binky guy for a couple of years until they said, oh, Jonathan Taylor. Okay, that's right. We're not going to mess with Marlon Mack anymore. And I think I kept him at C- minus and not a D because I'm a big fan of Damian Pierce, rookie out of uh, Florida State, because he's a dog lover. Florida. He has, he has three oh, – Florida, thank you. Yeah, so, sorry, I, I'm a reformed Gators fan, so I had to <laughs> – He's like – he's a real smash mouth guy. Yeah, I mean, he's actually – what's funny is he's uh, – to me, he's actually really similar to, like, Mike Davis, who we brought up earlier, but just, yeah. like – better and obviously doesn't have you know thousands of carries of hits worth of you know uh stacked up with him at this point so i think basically whatever you think of the texans running back room is like 90 percent just hinges on what you think of damian pierce right he's got to be so i'm gonna i mean i'm gonna say he's a draft pick we don't know anything about what he's gonna do in the nfl he wasn't he did he didn't stand out on back cast like like Brees hall did uh, i'm gonna argue that they should drop to d wait before you do that Andy Yanovich at fullback. I'm going to argue that they should drop. The <laughs> <laughs> no. You might get me on some Just fullbacks, but not that one. <laughs> do, well, what, Derek, what do you think? C minus or D? I think I'd probably move them down because I think there is at least one D team in there that I prefer over them. So I would probably put them down to D. Yeah. If you guys, if you guys run into Pierce, man, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you. All right. I lost my tier list. So it's going to take me a second to find the other team. Two other teams. The Carolina Panthers. Yeah, there's a controversial one. St- tell me about Christian McCaffrey. Tell me a bedtime story, Grandpa, about Christian McCaffrey and back when he was good. I think healthy Christian McCaffrey is good. It's just when was the last time he was healthy? Basically never. And, you know, at this point, you have to wonder not only, like, is he going to get hurt again? It's just like what percentage of himself is he at this point after years of injury? Like, is he 85%? Is that really good enough? Like, I don't know. It's just, and I don't really care for any of the guys behind him. So I just. Yeah, I guess I would argue to raise them because I think McCaffrey is still pretty damn good, but I'm, I'm willing to hear that the injury, there's just too much injury question about him and there is nothing behind him. I, I might raise them to see. It's just, yeah, the injury precedent is like probably as bad as anybody at the position right now. They have Dante Foreman now, too. And he played well down the stretch for a few games. Um, but again, you know, yeah, C-Mac comes back and he's like Mr. He, he's Rex Burkhead, you know, or I mean, he'll be better than Rex Burkhead, but he's he's just that guy. That would be my concern. I was going to create a tier with just a little pond with just him and Saquon <laughs> on it. You know, the little pond of like overpaid, great college rookie year backs, but we didn't. So this is what we have here. The other C-minus team is the San Francisco 49ers. Again, they have guys who I think are system guys, and that's why they're down at C-. minus. My only question about that would be, if we're counting use check, should they be higher? I think if we count use check, they should definitely be higher. Um, but I agree with like the running backs, you know, system thing. Like none of these guys really stand out. As no, they're they're probably in, on any other team. They're just dudes. Yeah, on any other team, you put them in like Miami and like they get 200 yards a year. Who cares? Um, <laughs> but if we do add use check, 
I might bump him up because that dude, I mean, he's probably it's a like niche thing to say, but he's probably the best fullback of my lifetime. So I mean that has to count for something. <laughs> JP wanted to put Uzcheck at wide receiver last week to move them up. Yeah, so I think he Kyle counts as a running back. I think he counts as a running back, yeah. and I think that that moves San Francisco up. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to end up with a lot of teams below C, which is a little wrong since C is supposed to be average, but let's do it anyway. Let's go with it. So it goes. <laughs> There's, well, There's a lot of good running backs. Where are you going to put him, C+. Plus? I would say C. I would say probably just C because the running backs themselves yeah. are like, yeah. And then we're going to wind up with a lot of teams at C. It's perfect. It's going to be a perfect mm-hmm. bell curve, ladies and gentlemen. But we have a couple teams at D. And sorry, Corderell Patterson, but I'll start with the Atlanta Falcons. Because I think Patterson is a good player and was a fun story. He, he's not this outstanding running back. Um, and the names of the guy, other guys on the roster escape me right now. But I don't remember being blown away by them. Mike Davis is obviously gone. Um, they have Damian Williams, who oh. I thought played fairly well in Chicago last year, but like not enough to where you're getting excited about anything. Right. And then they drafted Tyler Algier out of uh, BYU, who is nice. like a huge bruiser, but also yeah. like, what is a fifth round rookie really going to do for you? Like that probably shouldn't move the needle if you're trying to rank them. So right. I think D is probably fine because like they have somebody some has players, to be but D. yeah, like somebody, somebody has, has to be, be among average. the worst. And when you compare them to all the other rooms, like they're just they don't stack up. Patterson is a nice athlete, and it shows the issue with the running back position, which is that these guys are all good. Like so, but somebody has to be below average, and I Atlanta is one of them. Right, you you, you grab a longtime kick returner and you stick him at tailback, and he's as good as anybody else. That kind of that's the Patterson story in a nutshell. Well, somebody who has to be D, I mentioned them a moment ago, the New York Giants, because we're done. I hope we're done pretending Saquon is going to bounce back and be anything but like a guy. And he's being backed up right now by Matt Breida, who's just part of the 49ers scatter the winds with fast running back old 49er guys thing. And Gary Brightwell, who is just one of these sort of third down guys that you grab in the middle rounds. I think, too, with Saquon, it's not even just the injuries piling up at this point. Mm -hmm. This is like total speculation on my end. I just feel like there's something like he just has to get out of that organization. Like it just feels like something there is stale. It's not working. It's not ever going to work. (laughs) I don't know if he'll ever be good again on some other team, but like, I feel like if he's going to be good again, it won't be in New York. I can see that. Call that Alan Robinson disease, I believe. Yeah. Like something like what? Yeah. I, I could totally see something like that. There's a little bit of how are we going to focus everything around you when you're healthy? with him and it winds up being let's run you off tackle a lot <laughs> like that's our big solution to this problem behind the a weak offensive line and you know that's probably going to change now because i think they're a better regime yeah dayball's going to have different solutions to the problem but they're yeah. probably going to be minimizing that barkley <laughs> yeah the, that regime is like let's just amortize what's left of your contract right now that's that's their thought on this um, uh we did count, by the way, people are asking in the comments, we counted Patterson as a running back last year. He was a wide receiver in past years. We counted him as a running back last year because last year he played more running back than wide receiver. And also, uh, Joey Sucks is asking about Debo. Uh, and, of course, right now we can't count Debo. We, took, we counted Debo last week as a receiver. We can't count him as a running back right now when it's pretty right. obvious that he wants that to The last of the D teams is my favorite team to make fun of during these tier lists, unfortunately, the Chicago Bears. 
David Montgomery is another guy who is like, oh, he's flashed this potential when healthy. He's healthy here. He's healthy there. The offensive line is always bad. Backing up is Khalil Herbert, Darrytown Evans. Uh, Montgomery breaks a lot of tackles. He has a surprisingly good Kubiak projection compared to average draft position. Scott is a real believer in him. Scott Spratt is a real believer in him. Their offensive line sucked it's last year, boring. which Derek knows because he was writing the chapter and I edited the unit comments where he wrote about how bad it was. I would move Chicago up to C minus uh, because it's their offensive line that is holding him back. I agree. And honestly, it's not even just Montgomery. I actually kind of think Khalil Herbert is like a really good uh, second guy. He's not somebody who's necessarily going to like create many explosive plays, but I think he's in a similar mold to Montgomery where um, he's fairly shifty for a guy his size. He can still take a fair amount of hits and his vision actually impressed me despite like how bad uh, the offensive line was and how few chances he really got to prove how good his vision was. But I think as a number two, he's really good. And then Montgomery, if he's healthy, I think is a really good back. It's just, yeah, that offensive line is, uh, I, I, I've, I've written enough about it that I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's our C and below. Now let's boost up to C plus and move upwards. So these are committees plus, okay, where I think we're a little better group of guys. We're going to start with the Los Angeles Chargers, okay, with Austin Eckler and all the goofballs that they have behind Austin Eckler, starting with Isaiah Spiller, the rookie, and they have Justin Jackson there. Just a lot of guys, Larry Roundtree, et cetera, et cetera. If I believed in any of those guys behind Eckler, I would move them up, but it's it's Eckler and a bunch of dudes. Yeah, that's it. I I will say, like, Eckler – even as soon as even as recently as like two years ago i was kind of a skeptic i didn't think he was that good between the tackles i thought he was more of like a slightly better than james white but i actually think over the past couple years last year in particular he's done a really good job being able to take hits um his vision between the tackles has gotten so much better he's like a legitimate you know uh like workhorse back now which i don't think was true a couple years ago it's just yeah like you said the dude's behind him he, he can do I don't it know all, if any of them should get snaps. <laughs> he can do it all, but they really limit him. He never goes over 19 touches in the game. And then the guys behind him are just, here's replacement value. Here's living off the fat of the land back. Maybe Spiller will be different, but I, you know, I think Kelly was really weak. Um, they just need guys to take hits for him. It's really all it yeah. is. <laughs> right, right. Uh, next up, a more controversial choice, I think, the Buffalo Bills. Controversial because most people would expect them to be lower. And I know that we tend to be higher on them because when you really dig into the metrics and dig into the tape, Singletary looks very good. Um, but then, you know, you actually just look at the results and the results for a variety of reasons just aren't impressive. Partly because they just pass the ball a lot and they don't run that much. And in particular, for fantasy purposes, they hand um, – they hand uh, the ball to Allen. Allen runs the ball at the goal. Right. And Bro Delicious, by the way, is angry about our disrespect for Montgomery. I guess. Because we, we, we did move him up, but, I mean, yeah, you probably think that he should be higher than C-. minus, And, I mean, I think there's a legitimate argument for that because their offensive line was so terrible. Right. Um, Singletary is another guy who breaks tackles, like Montgomery. Um, you know, I might lower Buffalo to C, but – but I get it. James, people like James Cook a lot. Yeah. What I would say about James Cook, you know, we've been doing this thing with all the rookies of like, oh, you know, we don't want to 
project too much. I, I will say, at least with Cook, he fills such a clear role on the team that that probably provides value. You know, he's very clearly going to be their pass catcher, which they didn't have, I don't think. So yeah. I think that's nice. The thing that makes Buffalo the trickiest to me is just like they clearly didn't even care about having an interesting run game until like week 13. Um, So it was honestly hard to like even judge what those guys were doing in the rushing offense until they started doing more pulling stuff, getting under center a little bit more, actually trying to have a run game. And then Singletary looked really good. So if they do more of that, I'm actually kind of fine with this ranking. It's just I don't know if they're going to again. It was like the late Andy Reid before he got a little more interesting in the run game, late <laughs> Eagles era, which is like, this is something we do so Deshaun Jackson can take a couple deep breaths. It's like a child eating their vegetables. It's like, we know <laughs> we have to do it. We don't want to do it. <laughs> Another C- Speaking of a child eating their vegetables. And Andy Reid, the Chiefs, where we have the co- com- combination of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and other Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, otherwise known as Ronald Jones, two guys who you're like, yeah, based on their scouting reports and their measurables and everything, should be fabulous, and then you don't get a lot of results on the field. I actually think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think, is, like, good. He's just not as good as the first-round pick, which is, like, the the problem that he's kind of run into um, at this point. Um, Ronald Jones, I'm on the other end. I, I don't think he's any good at all. I'm so done with Ronald Jones. Every year we do this thing with Ronald Jones. Oh, this is going to be the year he breaks out. Yeah, uh, I feel like the Kansas City running backs are nothing special. I'd drop them. I might drop them too. Like I think I do think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is good, but he's not like a he's not any like special kind of good, like you said. Like he's just like a slightly above average, like whatever. The thing is they get to the playoffs, they're like, oh Jarek McKinnon. You know, let's put him out there. And it's like, oh, he's really good. So Remember the random Derek Gore game? <laughs> the random Derek Gore game. And every random D. Williams game. And I, like eight different D. Williams is mm-hmm. rolled in. And I actually get them mixed up all the time. So are you guys moving him down? Them down? I'd say we move the Chiefs to C. I'd probably move them, yeah. Okay. Coming down to C. We're going to have a big C, but that's the point. The Raiders. The Raiders at C+. Plus. C+. Plus. I mean, it's how good do you think Josh Jacobson gets? So it's Josh Jacobson, Kenyon Drake. Josh Jacobs and Kenyon drinks are good push pull there. You got Zamir White, another Georgia running back, uh, coming in who does a lot of things Josh Jacobs does. And don't forget the incomparable Brandon Bolden from the Patriots coming in to provide all of that leadership and special teams ability. I actually I know Jacobs wasn't as good last year as he has been at, at certain points. Um, but I think a lot of that had to do with the offensive line was just like really, really bad. I mean, like Alex Leatherwood did not have a good rookie year. Um, they obviously lost uh, Rodney Hudson at center. So that was kind of a problem. Like they just weren't that good on the interior. And I think that hurt him a lot. If they get any degree of better at run blocking on top of, I think, you know, Josh McDaniels being a good uh, just offensive play caller and stuff. I think Jacobs can be pretty good again. So I, I think this is a good tier for them. Yeah, I'm good with them here. Okay. And since we already mentioned Ronald Jones, my last C-plus team are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with our guy, Lenny. And I'm looking it up because I'm a little unprepared right now. Gio Bernard's still there. Yes, he is. And Gio Richard Bernard, White, a good rookie. And then the rookie, um, White. Right. So this depends on what you how you really feel about Lenny, which – I think this is like fine because like Leonard Fournette, I think he is definitely better than what we remember at the end of Jacksonville. I mean, at the end of Jacksonville, he was like not 
an NFL caliber player, basically. But he's like quietly been like pretty good in in uh, Tampa Bay. And he's like learned how to catch passes, which is a new thing that nobody thought he would do. So <laughs> I think he's like a fine starting running back, and they have some other guys. So I think I'm I think he's plus, plus for them. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, awesome. So when we go to B, if C stood for committee, B stood for big name. Okay, and some of the and some of the things like Lenny was like on the fringe there a little bit. So these are teams that are sort of like you got a big name for the most part. There's a few exceptions. And we're going to start with the Cincinnati Bengals. They have a big name in Joe Mixon, who I think is an effective back, and a bunch of guys behind him, uh, Perrine and some others who are replacement-level dudes. Yeah, I'm good with them here. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't really have yeah, I don't really have anything to add. I mean, this I think this is pretty perfect for them. No notes. All right. Next B for big name, the Minnesota Vikings with our big name, Dalvin Cook, and his backup. Alex yeah. Alex. A year ago, I would have put them higher, but surprisingly disappointing performance, I think, numbers-wise from Cook and Madison last year. So I, I'm fine with them here. Well, Cook I is agree. entering that point in his career where he just starts becoming a guy. He's Again, just been so. he's just been broken down too many times. That he just I just don't think he has quite the explosiveness that he used to. So some of the big plays that you were getting just aren't there. So I think B is probably fine. Still really good, just not quite what he used to be. B for big name. There's few names bigger than Ezekiel Elliott and Dallas, but they're only really here because Tony Pollard, his committee yeah. back, is a very strong one B, or he's the one A, honestly. Uh, so combined, it's a it's a pretty solid backfield. Joey Sucks just said he was shocked that we hadn't put Dallas in yet because Zeke looks like he lost a step. And if it wasn't for Pollard, Dallas would be lower than that. I think Zeke actually was battling like a lingering issue last year. I don't think it was like – so I don't know. If he can be healthy again, I think – man, I, I know I'm higher on Zeke than everybody here. Uh, I think if Zeke is healthy, they would be A. But I think because we don't know he's going to be healthy, I think they have to be B. He's also in this place where he's like an anything for the team guy where he's out there blocking yeah. like a madman and stuff like that. I think that's why I love him. It's like he's the best pass protector in the league. He's actually a really good pass catcher. He's just obviously not as explosive as Polly. You know, Polly's better in space, but Zeke is like a pretty capable pass catcher. And then I think between the tackles, he just does such a good job of not ruining plays and like getting, <laughs> getting you know, the most out of stuff. So um, I think that's actually why he's a great fit with Polly. Like they're just so complimentary of each other. So I like it. He's going to have a long tail to his career like Chris Johnson did, where all the 2,000 yards mm. he's throwing. But he's out there hustling all the time. He's out there pass protecting and stuff like that. And he's fast still, so he keeps getting the jobs. B for big name, Green Bay Packers, the Aaron Jones, and a very capable backup in A.J. Dillon. This is the one I might move to A. Okay. I, I think I'm with moving them Dillon to A is really well. good. Because okay. I think they can both be the lead back there. Like, if one went down for whatever reason, I think they could both get 20 touches a game. I mean, A.J. Dillon, like, he should be starting somewhere. It's just that he happens to share a room with Aaron Jones, who's also a pro bowler. <laughs> yeah, let's put him at A. All right. Some love for the Green Bay Packers. This one was my hardest one. The New Orleans Saints. with Alvin Kamara, who we don't know his – status in terms of legal status it's, and Mark Ingram behind him. So that was kind of like between their big names, Ingram just keeps on kind of going and being somewhat effective no matter what. And, uh, you know, so here they are at B go, go after Kamara him. was terrible 
by DYAR last year. Number it was worst worst yes. running back in the league uh, at running. Yet I still feel like he's dangerous. I I think a lot of that was like the offensive line was really bad and they couldn't push yeah. the ball down the field. It was similar to the the Patriots problem where like the team they couldn't throw the ball down the field, especially when they had the injuries at quarterback. So it was like, ah, of course teams are just going to be able to key in on Kamara. And they didn't have Michael Thomas. It was like who else. Who else were defenses afraid of but Alvin Kamara? So, so I think, yeah, if they can get normal again, Alvin Kamara will be really good. And then, like Mike said, somehow Mark Ingram is like a really good number two for <laughs> until he's not. I don't know. He's just really good. <laughs> right. More Bs. Big name, Najee Harris. Team, Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's a heck of a back who's behind a pretty weak, borderline terrible offensive line with no quarterback. And I think he could be a heck of a, a, a player. Yeah, I'm fine with that argument. Same. There's not. I'm not. I'm not a great big fan of Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland or the guys behind him. But no. yeah, but I also do think like that is less of a concern considering Harris can like take 30 touches a game and he can catch and he can pass protect. Like he can do all the things that you would typically ascribe to the backup. So right. And now we have some teams that have a bunch of guys, but they're a bunch of good guys. We're going to start with the Washington Commanders with the. Combination of Antonio Gibson, J.D. McCassick, rookie Brian Robinson out of Alabama, Jared Patterson, that little bowling ball out of Buffalo. Um, and I think that's a pretty good combination of receivers, power backs, versatile backs that pushes them up to a B for me. I don't feel like they're any different from the Patriots. Yeah, I don't I don't think I could have them in a higher tier than the Patriots um they're probably more of a c plus to me i think i'm also just lower on antonio gibson um which is probably the biggest thing for me um and then the other thing that would theoretically move the needle is a rookie brian robinson who i i don't know that's tough right if you look at it like mckissick is similar to james white gibson it really isn't any better than damian harris a rookie versus ramonde stevenson they seem pretty similar so if we're gonna have the patriots as a c plus i think we have to have washington as a c plus all right. Sorry, Commanders fans. <laughs> I tried. I didn't try very hard. Um, but Eagles fans, I will die on these hills. And I'll die on the B Hill for Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott and a team that ran for well over 2,000 yards last year with the help of their quarterback, yes. And the offensive line. And a great, great offensive, offensive line, line anchored by Jason Kelsey. But I got the Eagles in the B tier. I like it. I think they're good players. It's just like last year, I think Sirianni literally did not know what to do with him for the first yeah. like two months of the year. And I I'm think that kind it. of like that kind of spoiled our perception of a lot of these guys. But I think once they started to figure it out, it was like, oh, Miles Sanders is actually he can be a lead back. Oh, Kenneth Gainwell is a really good number two. Oh, even Boston Scott is still like a really interesting third guy. So I think B is totally fine. We've got four teams left. Four. Four. Four, three you have in the A tier and one in the S tier. Yes. Let's see if people yep. can guess the S tier team while we go through the A tier teams. Yes. So we'll start with the first of the A tier team. So the build drama, the Denver Broncos with our boy Javante, number one, with Melvin Gordon at number two. And he's a guy who, when you fit him in at number two and you're only paying him, you know, 2.3 million or whatever a year. He's really good there. And Mike Boone is a very good number three. I mean, maybe he's just a replacement level guy, but he, if you look at him, he's always averaging 5.5 yards a carry or, you know, getting five carries for 40 yards in, in relief. That's a great one, two, three punch right there. 
Yeah, I mean, this room is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I was going to say, I, I'd want to see Javante Williams doing it a little bit more before I put them in A. I would put them in B, but I know oh, people are pretty strong believers in him, and uh, I own him in a keeper league, so I'm, <laughs> I'm a big uh, Javante Williams fan. So His broken tackle numbers are nuts. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, I actually do agree kind of with the skeptic. Not skepticism is probably like too harsh of a word, but just like a little more wait and see with Javante Williams. I'm actually with that, but I think I'm also higher on Melvin Gordon generally. Oh, like yeah, he's okay. just, I mean, he's like a, obviously he's like a decent number two runner, but also he's yeah. just like a really, really good pass protector. And for me, yeah. that kind of matters a lot. So um, I, I just think they have like this insane one-two punch. Um it it's like when you ask the coaches, well, why do you keep this veteran around? Well, he passes, protects, he takes care of the ball in the fourth quarter. He's got both hands on the ball and all these other things. Like, oh, that's why you keep the guy who's been around for a few years. And that's kind of who Gordon has become, plus in the locker room, et cetera. A tier, probably no surprise here, the Cleveland Browns. I believe yeah, I definitely. I believe Joey Sucks brought this up here with uh, Hunt and uh, Chubb. And that kid was really awesome on Thursday night last year, Dearness Johnson. Yes. Yes, I would leave them here. I would not put them in the S, but they are absolutely an A. The only reason I wouldn't move them to S is not that like Chubb or Hunt are bad pass catchers, but it doesn't feel like they have like a specialist in that regard. So that would kind of be what would hold me back. Um, I think Hunt is more of the pass catcher. He's not yeah, like he a James White, but he's more of the pass catcher type of guy. Exactly. Right, like the heavy pass catcher type of guy. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of screen game with what they do. They don't send them out, I think, as often downfield. Um, now, in the A tier, more or less, you know, out of respect and out of the fact that I am on Nashville radio a lot and I have to show Derek Henry the proper respect, he remains in the A tier, although I have gone on record saying that he is Kentucky Fried Chicken at this point. Yeah, it's a really tough one because if you go by what we think is possible that's going to happen to him this year, they would be a B. Right. But if you only go by how he's actually performed over the last three years, they're definitely an A. Because he the continues to defy. Because he continues to defy the idea of like, oh, if you take a bunch of carries, you're going to fall off, and like yeah. he just keeps I mean, not he, doing he it. Last year, he kind of did. Playoffs last year, but. But that's like a one-game sample. So he fell off. Right. He injured his foot. He fell off. That was the fall off. <laughs> yeah, big whoopie whoop on that. Right. And I'm not a big Hassan Hankins fan as the rookie yeah. backup. And, you know, so there wasn't anything to do that. But, again, Derrick Henry, A, A, don't yell at me. Don't yell at me, uh, Nashville radio fans. The S tier is no surprise. Todd Singer called it earlier, called his shot. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, you know, for now, and like it, it always is with running backs, it's like, well, he's got what two years or whatever before we're talking about him the way we talk about Derrick Henry. You got Jonathan Taylor there. Make a big fan of Naheem Himes as your number two, just in case something goes wrong. He's your pass catcher who can come out and do things. Got a couple other guys on the bench there, but it's really about Taylor, and that's what keeps him in the S tier right now. Yeah, I would think that if Taylor got hurt. Philip Lindsay would take his job more than Himes would. Himes is, does his thing. He does his Naheem Himes thing. Lindsay's Himes also. He's also that guy. He's like he's not. He's more of a runner than a pass catcher, though, isn't he? I think what happened is he was in Denver during the year when everything was like a, a swing pass from Flacco to to yeah. Lindsay, and Lindsay was like had three guys coming on him every time he got a swing pass. I, I think he's more of a scat back to me. But um, anyway, think, that's a good one, two, three punch. Anyway. 
I think Lindsay is a better runner. It's just he's so tiny, you can't do it for like you know twenty carries a game. It, it's yeah, you'd have to give some of Taylor's carries to Hines, but yeah, um, I don't think Hines would suddenly take all of Taylor's work. I think they because they, they want Hines splitting out. They want him catching passes. They want him doing all that other stuff. They don't. Yeah, I mean Hines is, is very good at his role. It's the McKissick role. It's the James White role, but they do not want Jonathan Taylor to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to see if they have anybody else uh, as a big back there. I guess Tyson Williams would be the big back. No, they would get they would put uh, Lindsay out there um, and Hines. Yeah. I suppose the Colts are definitely S tier though. Taylor was super ridiculously special last year, and Hines is yeah. Hines is good. Yeah, I mean Taylor's probably. I think Taylor's the best back in the league um, by like probably like a step above everybody else. And then Hines to me is probably like the best in that particular role that he plays, I think he's probably the best. Unless you want to count like Alvin Kamara also being that guy, which I don't count that because he's like a full-time. <laughs> Look at that. You were worried about not being sort of a good bell curve around average. Look at that. We get the Colts in the, in the top tier there, and it's beautiful, a beautiful shape to our running back tier list. I'm, good, others? With I'm good with it as is. Yeah, I think so. We'll get some uh, good argument on the site about that, and hopefully more people will listen to the show afterwards and yes. hear what we have to say about why we have these teams where they are. And hopefully, we didn't diss Montgomery too bad, David Montgomery too bad. <laughs> um, before we go today, the other reason I wanted to have Derek on was to talk about some year two breakout guys. We were going to do this a couple weeks ago, and we ended up doing just wide receivers. But I asked Derek about some guys that he liked. Um, who weren't wide receivers, you know, more of a scouting take, not just, you know, fantasy related. So we've got a list of seven guys and I'm going to ask him a little bit to talk about these guys. And these are guys that we really like, uh, you know, some of them are first and second round picks. So they're not the, um, they're not the, uh, the top 25 prospects list per se that rivers is going to put together, but uh, tell us a little bit about these guys here. Yeah. I mean, so I'll, I'll start from, I'll try to go in order of like how much I actually think they're going to matter. Uh, Christian Barmore, I think last year was his, his only real issue I think to me was consistency. But if you watch some of Barmore's best plays or best games, his technique in the run game was like really good. I mean, just like perfect shot shed moves. Like it just was unbelievable. Some of what he was doing, obviously when you come from Alabama, you kind of expect that, but you add that on top of when you watch him as a pass rusher, I forget what game it was, but he had like two swats, um, where he just like bull rushed somebody and then swatted the ball in front of the quarterback. Um, he just does a little bit of everything. He's so explosive. He's already technically sound. I think his only real issue was like sometimes the game moves a little fast for him. Um, but I think, you know, when you go into year two, that's going to be totally fine and he's going to be unbelievable. Um, the next that I would put on the list, I think I would probably group uh, Cleveland's Greg Newsom, the cornerback, um, and then Raiders uh, safety, Trevin Merrick, like kind of together um, mm-hmm. just because, so I'll start with Newsom. Newsom is just like a really, he's kind of wiry, but he's really fast, really sticky. Um, yeah. He had a couple of really good games last year, I think against like the Steelers, um, just like a really smart player. He understands like when he needs to come and break down on routes and stuff. My only concern with him would just be like, sometimes the bigger receivers can kind of get the best of him. Cause he's, he's a little wiry. So I think maybe if he can get a little bit better in that regard, but the fact that he's the number two there, you know, right. next to Denzel Ward is like, I think he's in a really good position to, to continue to get better and be a really impact player. And then in the case of Trevin Merrick, I think the scheme change is going to be huge for him last year, obviously in, in, you know, Las Vegas, he was playing with Gus Bradley. 
um, where he was the free safety. So actually, I'll rewind a little bit. He played at TCU um, where they did like, I mean, they're like the split field gods, right? Like that's what Gary Patterson did. Um, so he played a lot of split field at TCU. You go to Gus Bradley, he's playing like on yeah. Jupiter um, <laughs> as a free safety. Um, and that like he was good. At, he was still pretty good at it. It's just yeah. like that's not really how you maximize his skill set. Now he's getting Patrick Graham as his defensive coordinator. Patrick Graham, I thought, did an unbelievable job with Xavier McKinney last year um, with the Giants. And I think they're actually pretty similar players in that they're both really smart. They can do enough of the one high. They can do some of the split field stuff. They can come down and tackle. So I'm really excited to see Merrick. Um, in a new scheme there. I'm stealing all your married comments for the unit comments for football Tyler's <laughs> Almanac. But I did notice it's like, oh yeah, he is a free safety's free safety. And I didn't think that's what he was coming out of Texas Christian. And part of it also was they were struggling a little bit at cornerback. They needed to keep these guys deep. They're gonna be a, they're not gonna be great at corner, but they're gonna be a little bit better at quarterback, corner, more physical corner. They'll be able to slide their safeties around a little bit. That's a good point, too. I mean, last year they couldn't afford to not have somebody in Jupiter saving yeah. place. <laughs> so I guess it makes they were sense much that more of a hit. They were much, he was much more of a hitter in college. Like, he was known much more. They let him come up and play ball, yeah. And last year with the with the Raiders, they didn't have that one because they needed somebody to sit back. But then also they had Jonathan Abram, who is like, that's right. all he can do. Yes. So he had to do that. Um, so I think that was kind of the thing with him um next i'll kind of move on to both of the lions guys that i have here i have Derek barnes the linebacker yeah big um, on the lions defense huh i am um you know and even last year when they hired aaron glenn as defensive coordinator i was like oh this is really good he made some of those uh saints corners better than they should have been uh namely like ken crawley the fact that ken crawley was good for like two months at one point is an unbelievable testament to aaron glenn anyway levi uh on I thought he did a really good job um, with the Lions last year. He's not a particularly flashy player. He's not like a super going to be in the backfield all the time. But just in terms of a guy who like consistently anchor for a defense and allow linebackers to play the game fast, I think he's going to be able to be like a pretty solid anchor there for them. Um, maybe similar to like a Michael Brockers tier of player where he's like scratching Pro Bowls, but maybe not always the best. I think he could be something like that. Playing next yeah, to him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's also playing next to him, which I think really helps. <laughs> Todd Singer would like to know where Derek Barnes went to college. He's not aware of. <laughs> Barnes is a Purdue fellow. I don't know if Todd would have known this. I don't know if he watches much <laughs> Purdue. Uh, but yeah, Derek Barnes. My thing with Derek Barnes is we're obviously moving into an era where uh, linebackers are smaller, faster. They're better in coverage, all that stuff. Uh, they're really pseudo safeties. Derek Barnes is an old school. He's going to hit somebody. Um, and I just love that. I think he's like an ideal Sam. You can also like kind of just play traditional three, four inside linebacker. Um, I, I think he's going to be so good, um, especially in run defense, just coming up, hitting people, condensing space, all that sort of stuff. And then I think in coverage, he's not great, but as like a zone guy, I think he can, he can do more than enough. So if he takes the next step next year, just in terms of seeing the game a little bit faster, I think he could be like pretty good. Um, another linebacker actually I have, uh, Ernest Jones, hmm. uh, I did not think Ernest Jones was any good early in the year for the Rams, but I think as we saw kind of down the stretch, they really, really, really needed speed at linebacker. And when he was able to play for them, I actually thought what he provided over Troy, Troy Reader, and just in terms of speed, being able to get mm -hmm. to the sideline was huge for the way that they structured their defense. You know, when you only have one guy in the middle, right. it matters that that guy can run <laughs> and Ernest yeah. Jones can run. So I don't know if he's necessarily a complete linebacker yet, but I think he's a perfect fit for that for that defense, and I think any degree of improvement um, would be really impressive. Yeah, Troy um, Reader 
couldn't really run. Troy Reader, man, that guy. Anything outside of the guards was just not for him. <laughs> right, right. I, I've got. I've been was studying up on him for the Chargers uh, chapter, and it's like, oh. But the thing is, he's replacing Kazir White, who's here in Philly, and it's like, oh, it's a different kind of. Yeah, but a very different kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Rams have just not paid attention to this position for the last few years, and now yeah. we've got Wagner and Jones there. Yeah, uh, that pairing I think is going to be so good. Obviously, Bobby Wagner is not what he was, but I think it probably mattered a lot for Jordan Brooks's development. I think Jordan Brooks is fantastic, and I think it probably mattered a lot for his development that Bobby Wagner was there to help him right. do that. And so I think bringing Wagner in, even if Wagner is not the individual player he used to be, helping Ernest Jones along is probably going to have a lot of value for them. And if Wagner is in there when it's third and two and there's a fullback and it's Hulk smash, which was what right. The thing, He's still going to be old think. Wagner. <laughs> he can, he can handle that. Yeah. 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 Um, the last, Oh, the last guy on the list um, is actually Steelers center Kendrick green. He was a little bit up and down last year. Obviously the Steelers offensive line as a whole was not very good. Um, but I think there were just moments where he looked like a really, really good athlete at the position where he was able to very quickly cross somebody's face and like seal them off of a place so that Harris could get in. Um, you know, obviously centers a really hard position to be good at early, you know, Creed right. Humphrey for the chiefs broke that mold because he was just yeah, incredible, but that's right. the outlier. That's the exception. Right. And Kendrick green is not that, but I think he showed that he's a really good athlete for the position. I think the fact that he could start as a rookie is pretty impressive um so i just think another year of development at a position that really 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 needs those mental reps i think could be huge for him i think um i think he could be really good and then obviously you know being better at center kind of has a cascading effect for your guards which good lord the steelers need that so um, <laughs> they, they cleaned up they got they added a couple of veterans of guard right they, they yeah you know, i think they got like james daniels um yeah. and somebody else that i can't remember so i mean you add that on top of whatever i think improvement we're going to see from green Maybe not going to be a great offensive line, but it should be a whole lot better than the you know bottom three unit that they had last year. Yeah, Mason Cole is the other guy who I don't know if he's going to be a starter or not. He's not great, but James Daniels is pretty good. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, those are the year two breakout guys to watch for. So go Lions defense. <laughs> go Lions defense. They have some, you know, not year two breakout guys, but they have some other guys I'm kind of excited about, you know. Uh, or Wari. I don't know if you heard of this Aiden Hutchinson fellow, but he's good. Aiden Hutchinson, pretty good. Um, I mean, they have some other decent pass rushers, like, you know, the Aquaras are kind of fun. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. They're a fun defense. Cover the spread. Cover the spread. <laughs> they, they should have a special position just called Aquara, and it's played by either Aquara or his brother, Aquara. Like, you know, some, started... some defenses have the Jack linebacker, yeah. Troy has go. the Aquara. The, the Aguar role might be the the putting the undersized edge guy at nose tackle, which is a thing the Lions did last year. <laughs> uh, so maybe that maybe that's what it is. People will think Dan Campbell is spitting out chaw when he's trying to say the name. That's the problem. <laughs> All right. That does it for today's show. Derek's going to be back next week. We decided he's going to do run defense tiers with us next week. We're going to do run defense tiers next week. Mike will be back next week, too. Thank you to everybody watching on Twitch and YouTube. Thank you to all of you listening on the Football Outsiders Podcast Network after the fact. Remember, we're here Thursdays at 1 p.m. So next Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to do run defense tiers. Uh, feel free in the comments on the site for when we put this up to argue about our running back tiers some more. And we will see you all next week. 
So long.